What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Coban. It's November 26, 2021, and this is Lift and Learn episode 63. In this episode, I'll be talking about frozen vegetables. Are they bad for you or not? Spoiler alert, they're not. They might actually be better for you, so I'll get into why later in this episode. And then the second topic, I'll talk a bit about uh, some of the benefits of resistance training as they translate into your real life, your daily life. So just how does working out help you every single day? Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host on Instagram, it's Isaiah.Copon. And you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter, at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. All right. Welcome to another week of the podcast again. So my first point form note here actually says HelloFresh, but let me just talk about my training first since I just got back from lifting, actually. I've been consistently working out like five, um, four or five days a week for the past, I don't know, six weeks or so at this point, and my strength is just about back to where it was before I dislocated my shoulder earlier this year. That was the strongest I've ever been. That was earlier this year in April when I was training in the U.S. of A. So current strength update. Bench this week, I hit 270 for four sets of five, which is pretty strong. I also squatted 220, which was just about an hour ago, with constant tension and with slow negative reps for 10 reps, which is actually just brutal. I don't know why I'm putting myself through this. Actually, like during the workout, I can't wait for those squat sessions to be over. I just, I hate it, but I got to do it. I also hit a 255 squat for five reps earlier this week too, just to see if I can still manage some heavy load on my back. Deadlifts are still flying up. Sumo version at 320, I believe. And conventional is 285, I think. And that's all moving pretty well right now. And yes, I understand. These aren't great numbers by any means if you're looking at like top power lifters. But I'm just thinking about what my strength will be a year from now. With this kind of progress, and now that my training is pretty solid, no overtraining right now. I'm letting my body recover, listening to my body, all of that good stuff. OHP is up to a plate on each side, so 135, pretty easy there for four sets of five, so I will start adding weight to that one. I think my OHP overhead press goal right now would be to just do my own body weight, like I've done it before. I've hit uh, 155 OHP in the past for three reps, and that was years ago when I was only weighing 155 pounds. 
Now I got a long way to go, still 40 pounds uh, or so to get to that point right now. Rows are still looking good, still chasing a two plate row. I've been doing pendlay rows in my own routine just so that my lower back doesn't get too taxed or fatigued during the workout. And honestly, my strength has been going up pretty consistently lately. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you a secret that's worked for me. I had to treat myself as an actual client of mine. Because usually trainers, most of us got into this field because we love working out or just being active. And this could also be true if you're just someone who loves to be active. Or maybe you were into sports growing up or... Maybe you have a type A personality where you're just always on the move, super competitive, or always just pushing yourself to the limit. So this leads to just going to the gym all the time and working out as much as possible. Now, obviously, this isn't smart all the time because that leaves your body with a limited amount of time to recover from all of the repeated stress that you're putting on your body. So treating myself as an actual client I'm able to just back off and do what I need to do to progress. Nothing more because I believe in the programming that I've made for myself. And I am spending some of my free time writing some programming that I plan on putting out on my website or, I don't know, somewhere in the future. I'll have to figure all of that out later. I'm in the really early stages right now, but look out for that one soon. So, okay, going back, okay, uh, if I had a client doing what I've been doing lately, working a lot, not sleeping enough, resistance training every single day, I mean, if I had a client doing that, I would, of course, tell them to just back off a bit, take some rest days, have some mobility days, have some low-intensity days, and then track your workouts more diligently to see if you're progressing in the right direction according to whatever goals you have. I see it time and time again. I spend hours in the gym every single day. People will just go into the gym, they'll load the bar with whatever they feel like for the day. Maybe that means benching 135 and just seeing how many reps you can do that day until you fail. Do that for three sets. Then come in the next week and do the same thing. Like I've said many times before, track your workouts, make sure that you're getting stronger because if you're not, then you're just not maximizing the amount of gains you could be making. All right, so moving on from that, I ended up uh, online a little bit bored this past week. I was just online shopping around and my intention was to just get some protein delivered and I keep on hearing about butcher box. So not protein powders, I mean like actual meat. So that's what I was looking into a bit. So butcher box and they had a deal, seemed pretty decent. I think I had to spend over a hundred dollars. I think it was a hundred twenty dollars to get a few pounds of various meat and free bacon. But that seemed like a lot of money, so I was just looking for alternate places to grab some kind of food. I ended up coming across another website, similar thing, you gotta spend at least $70 for this one. So I almost pulled the trigger there, but opened another tab just to see if I can compare prices across different services. So I went to a few websites, and what I thought was a little bit weird about these websites is that there's a few steps to do before you actually get to customize your box or your delivery or whatever. 
I think the first one, the first step is usually just your information and address just to see if they ship there or whatever. And there was another step in there. And then step three on these sites was usually asking for the credit card information. And then the next step, so step four was actually the customizing the box part, which I thought that was a little bit weird because all I wanted to do was customize the box in the first place. Alright, so then I came across HelloFresh. You might have heard about them. So again, same thing here. Personal information, where do you live? And then again, credit card before you can choose your meals. And their deal was the cheapest though. So I figured, what the heck, $30 for six meals. So I just put in my credit card just so I can get to the next step and finally customize my box. As soon as I put in my credit card information, I get a message or an email on my phone, like right away that my charge, uh, my card has been charged. And I was like, okay, that was quick. (laughs) So basically I accidentally signed up for a delivery from HelloFresh because of that. I did cancel my account as soon as I could, but it was too late. Even when I canceled the damn membership, I got an email confirming said cancellation, But it still said that my last delivery, which is also going to be my first delivery, was coming as scheduled or, I don't know, whatever it said. So that was the bad news there. I was basically forced into getting something. But I did finally make it to step four, got to customize what meals I was going to get. The three meals they picked out for me were pretty good. I kept two of them, but I did change one of them because it was some vegan option. Yeah, I did not want that. Now, I know this is starting to sound like an ad. It's not. I just figured that maybe someone out there is looking to explore some new meals, or maybe they questioned the service. Maybe you've seen the millions of ads, and this is just my experience with it. So if you need a guinea pig, there you go. It's me. So I did know about, uh, or sorry, I did know a bit about the service beforehand, But like I said, I was originally looking to buy just like a protein service like ButcherBox because I just wanted like beef or chicken because I'm just tired of going to No Frills or Walmart to get my meat or whatever. But anyways, HelloFresh. Okay, so they delivered it when they said they would. I ordered six meals for $30, like I said, but it's actually just three different meals. So each meal is two servings generally, at least That's how it worked with the meals that I picked. So when it was delivered, I opened it up and it was pretty organized actually. There were three meals in brown paper bags labeling what they were. And then underneath that, there was a little compartment with a bunch of those ice pack gel things. And that's where the meats were along with some other ingredients. So for HelloFresh, if you're unaware, they actually send you all the ingredients for the meals and then basically you still have to cook them yourself. So it's not a completely lazy thing like just getting Uber Eats, you know, that fast food life. This was actual real ingredients and you're still cooking it. So my three meals were this Mexican style pork and pineapple rice. There was a tomato garlic beef spaghetti thing and The other one was cheese tortellini, and I think that one had like a turkey tomato sauce or something, something like that. 
So they each took about 30 minutes to make, and they were supposed to be two servings each, but I actually ended up finishing two of those meals in one sitting. Nearly, nearly a thousand calories. But the cheese tortellini one, that one was just, that one filled me up. It's, I don't know, I was stuffed after that. That one took like a day or two to finish. Honestly, the meals were actually pretty good. They were super easy to make, no complaints there. Um, I did learn a few things actually, since I did have to make the food myself, the instructions were super simple. I think it was like eight steps for each and it was really easy. Nothing new there. If you're familiar with cooking food, I think I did learn some tips there. Like I probably won't get those canned pa- uh, pasta. I was about to say pasta. The, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I probably won't get those canned pasta pasta sauces anymore because the pasta meals in the HelloFresh boxes, they actually just used crushed tomatoes, but it tasted good enough with the seasoning. So I think I'm going to try that going forward with my own pasta meals. And yeah, that was my HelloFresh experience. Pretty good. Not sure if I'll uh, get some in the future, but who knows? Maybe I'll want to switch my meals up one day. Maybe I'll grab another three and I'll let you guys know how it is. Alright, so next up, a bit of sports. I will not go into basketball, and I won't talk about hockey this week. I'll give you guys a little break. But let's talk about baseball for a minute, because literally right after I recorded last week's uh, podcast episode, they finished up revealing the rest of the award winners. I think I already mentioned uh, that Blue Jays pitcher Robbie Ray, he got the American League Cy Young Award for the best pitcher. Well, they also announced the MVP honors, and in the American League, it of course was Shohei Otani, Japanese phenom who had 46 home runs while throwing 156 strikeouts. Just crazy. He was the unanimous winner. I was about to say anonymous winner. Okay, so anyways, unanimous winner, meaning everyone voted for him. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Marcus Simeon were second and third place. I think I read that right. So the Blue Jays were well represented there. They just couldn't make their way into the playoffs. Some other awards that the Blue Jays won. Vlad Jr., he got the Hank Aaron Award. And also a Silver Slugger Award, too. Meanwhile, Marcus Simeon won a gold glove for his defensive play at second base this year. And he also got a Silver Slugger as well, so we'll see if he is still a Blue Jay by the time spring training comes around. Alright, so leading into the fitness and health topics for today, I'll just talk about a few things first. There was a new study that was done with magic mushrooms pretty recently, more specifically psilocybin, and it's actually showed some promise... This was the largest uh, clinical trial to date, and the researchers were looking to see if they could use this hallucinogen to combat some hard-to-treat depression symptoms. So, this double-blind study involved 233 participants from a bunch of different places around the world. So, around 30% of the patients using 25 milligrams of this drug or whatever, this mushroom, were in remission by the third week. And even three months later, around 24% were still responding pretty well. So their scores on the uh, MARDS, which is the M-A-R-D-S, that stands for the Montgomery Asperg Depression Rating Scale. 
they were actually lower than before. So there is some good news there, but there were actually 12 participants out of the over 200 who experienced serious adverse events like suicidal behavior or intentional self-injury. That sounds a little concerning, but they said it was just a, uh, they said it was a rare, it was a rare side effect. Eh, Who knows? A lot more research and review still does need to be done for psilocybin for it to be an effective treatment for some of those who are experiencing these depression symptoms, but the researchers have said that the results are actually super promising. They are planning on going forward with another late-stage clinical trial, so we'll see. We're still in the infancy stages for using magic mushrooms as some kind of medicine, even though I'm pretty sure people are using it like because of the anecdotal uh, evidence. But I don't know. I think if doctors can prescribe less of the hard drugs like those meth compounds, then I think we'll all be a little bit better off for it. And moving on from that, so we got 23andMe. You might know that company. You give them some of your DNA and they'll find out your ancestry roots, kind of. Well, that's how the company started off, but I should have known that they were up to something a little bit bigger than that. A few years ago, I actually did one of these kits, so they do actually have my DNA somewhere. My, I had to like spit in some test tubes, so maybe they have that in one of their freezers? Who knows? Well, it looks like they're actually going to look into creating some kind of drugs, actually. Again, this is out of my scope of knowledge, so let me just read some of this here off of Bloomberg Business Week if you want to look into this. They're collaborating on clinical trials for one compound that could be used for what's known as immuno-oncology, treatments that attempt to harness the body's complex immune system to beat cancer. The company says it is also exploring drugs with potential use in treatments for neurological, cardiovascular, and other conditions. They recently bought a telehealth and drug delivery startup company that offers treatment and prescriptions for a select group of conditions, including depression, anxiety, and STDs. The company does have a bunch of user data to study, so we'll see how this goes going forward. It's a pretty lengthy article if you want to give it a read. They do have some drugs to try to fight cancer headed to some clinical trials, but we've heard these promises when it comes to cancer cures before, so we'll just wait and see what happens. But honestly, that would be pretty crazy if out of all the companies out there, 23andMe actually figures out all of this stuff before some big pharma company does. Yeah, that would be incredible. If they could make certain drugs more effective due to your genes or genetics or something, I'm all for it. I think one thing that some company out there just needs to figure out is how we can all just lower our myostatin levels. I don't know if you've ever seen those Belgian blue cattle, this animal that just looks super jacked, super muscular due to the fact that their myostatin levels are just so low. Basically, they're cows on steroids. They just look massive. Just hop on Google and look at pictures of the Belgian blue. You'll, you'll find it easily. If they could lower myostatin levels in humans with no side effects, that would be the bodybuilding drug of the future. 
Question one, are frozen fruits and vegetables safe for you? This one I get a bunch of questions about, especially for my clients because most people do want to eat more healthy, but sometimes it is a bit tough. And that's especially true if we're talking about fruits and vegetables. People generally do know that they should eat more fruits and vegetables, but it does get pretty hard. And that's because when you're buying these fresh, they seem to only last a few days before we inevitably have to throw them out. I'm sure we've all experienced this. You reach into the vegetable drawer or whatever in the fridge, and then they're moldy or liquidy. It's pretty gross. Lucky for you, though, there is some good news here. Frozen fruits or vegetables are actually pretty great and could actually be better in some cases than the fresh ones. If we're talking about nutrients and minerals that are in fruits and vegetables, buying the frozen ones in the store are actually just as nutritious as the fresh ones. And actually, they could contain more nutrients if they're frozen because the whole flash freezing process actually preserves the nutrient value a little bit better. They're also mostly frozen right at their peak ripeness, which is when the fruit or vegetable have the most nutrients in them. And they still have all of their fiber content too, which is important. The frozen produce do also lose fewer nutrients over time, and they maintain their high nutrient levels for up to a year if they stay frozen. After a year though, you could see some slight drop-offs. And obviously, keeping them in the freezer for up to a year is a lot longer than fresh fruits and vegetables, which are only good for usually just a few days. So, another point for the frozen side, there's going to be less waste, too. Now, me personally, I prefer frozen vegetables because I do not like to waste food. In the past, when I've bought fresh vegetables like broccoli or cauliflower then they'll likely go bad before I finish the whole thing. I either get too little or too much. That, and also, it's just more of a hassle to deal with the fresh ones because you have to cut it up, preparation process takes a little bit longer. Ain't nobody got time for that. I'm slightly kidding, but it is a lot easier to have the frozen vegetables like broccoli or whatever than I just steam that for a bit on the stove and then it's already ready to go. It makes things a lot simpler when they're frozen vegetables that you're dealing with. That being said, I do still like to get fresh vegetables and fruit. That's if I know for sure that I'll be eating them within the next few days. Like any kinds of berries, bananas, apples. I also do like to get fresh baby spinach too. That's my go-to when it comes to fresh greens because I can just toss that in any meal and it'll just whittle down to nothing basically, whether that be in some scrambled eggs, maybe an omelet or whatever's for dinner. I was looking online and some sources actually say that frozen fruits or vegetables may taste a little bit different. I don't know if I've noticed this honestly. Actually, wait, now that I think about it, I do think frozen fruits do taste a little bit different like I've had blueberries frozen blueberries that tasted a little bit different but I I mean I don't think that's that big of a deal frozen vegetables though they're always my go-to every time I do the groceries I always make sure to stop by that aisle to pick up a few things because I know they're going to stay fresh for a longer amount of time 
and I could just stash it away in the freezer without even thinking about it. You actually might even notice, I mean, I have a few times, but the frozen ones may actually be cheaper. Now, I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because the whole freezing process is cheaper for the company. I mean, that's the only way it would make sense since these food companies are usually just making, I mean, they're just usually after just making profits. But anyways, yes, the convenience factor for frozen fruits and vegetables are just great. They won't go bad. Sometimes they're cheaper. They're easy to store, always ready to go. No chopping or cutting necessary when it comes to prepping them. So if you're trying to increase your fruit or vegetable intake, like most of the population should, me included, then don't be scared to buy the frozen ones because I do the same. And they're going to be just as good for you, if not even better. Frozen broccoli is super easy to prepare. Frozen fruits are my go-to, especially if I'm making uh, or planning on making a shake. And frozen blueberries still actually do a pretty good job sitting on top of some oatmeal. That works too. Question two. How does resistance training help with real life? Now, when I talk about resistance training, that just means working out with weights. In case you've been confused when I've said that in the past before, it just means working out with weights. So dumbbells, barbells, kettlebells, resistance bands, body weight, whatever you want to use. And of course, this builds strength and burns fat, builds muscle, and actually makes bones stronger in terms of density and strength and could actually reduce your risk of osteoporosis. Now, we can't talk about resistance training and its effects on your daily life without first talking about how it just makes you feel better. Even if you're someone who dislikes working out, you've probably gone to the gym, and maybe you were already dreading to the gym, uh, going to the gym, sorry, but you worked out anyway. Then after your hour session, you just come out feeling a lot better. Hasn't that happened to most people? It's a feeling of accomplishment. You just feel better. Now, if you're listening to me thinking I'm crazy, I feel horrible when I leave the gym, I never feel good after the gym, then that's a sign that workout just wasn't meant for you. If the workout was appropriate for you, you should be leaving the gym feeling a lot better than you did going into the gym. If by the end of your workout sessions you're feeling completely drained and tired, then that could be a sign that you're doing too much or pushing yourself too hard in the gym. That's when you might want to take some sets out of your uh, out of your routine, maybe take out some exercises because you should feel better after a workout. That sense of accomplishment that you worked hard and challenged yourself, you got those endorphins flowing through your body at that point. Think about how you actually feel when you're in bed all day or actually just sitting down all day. There really isn't much enjoyment there when it's all said and done. Sitting down, yeah, it's relaxing, but if you do it for too long, you do start to notice some of those tiny aches and pains because us humans, our body shapes just are not meant for sitting in chairs. But yeah, workouts are supposed to make you feel better. And they can combat those issues that come up when you're sitting down all day. So forward rounded shoulders, thinking about that and possibly contributing to obesity because of that lack of movement. 
Resistance training is also good because if you're doing it properly, you should be noticing less pain throughout your body. Now, when I say that, I don't mean DOMS, that delayed onset muscle soreness that pops up one or two days after you work out, that soreness in your muscles type of feeling. I'm talking about actual pain in your body and in your joints. You should be noticing less of that because of that movement and strengthening that comes along with resistance training. Now, when it comes to risk of injury, you're probably thinking, what if I hurt myself? Well, actually, working out is not up there on the list when it comes to the most common ways to get injured if we're talking about being active. Usually, that'll be like contact sports and even something that seems so simple like running. This is another reason why I hate that so many people think about going straight to running when their goal is to lose weight or to look better. It's actually a pretty risky form of activity because when you haven't practiced that movement, you'll start to lose that ability to do it. Like, if you haven't ran since elementary school, oh my god, good luck telling your legs and brain to cooperate. That's not even mentioning the impact on your knees, especially if you've gained a little bit of weight since the last time you ran. That could be a huge shock to your body. No surprises there. And that usually results in injuries in the foot or knee or hips, basically anywhere in the lower body. It's super common for running injuries to happen. Oh, even in the feet too, you can get that. Just lift instead. Trust me. Just keep listening. Back to talking about sports injuries. It's pretty rare to get an injury from working out in the gym. But if we're talking about CrossFit, then yeah, that's a different story. You'll probably have a higher injury rate. That's because you're doing advanced movements, racing against the clock, or trying to do as many reps as possible in an allocated time. That's when form could break down because you could be tired or exhausted towards the end of the set. CrossFit is not for beginners unless you have a really good coach, but that's hard to find these days. Again, with proper programming, you should not be pushing yourself to the point where you're getting a major injury. So the question was, how can resistance training translate into real life? It can make you feel better because working out can actually reduce risk of injury when it comes to common areas like back or knee pain. And the less pain you have, the better. Am I right? Usually when I get injured, the first thing I think about is how fortunate I was when I had no pain to deal with when I was moving around. I remember trying to put on my shirt with my injured shoulder. Oh my god, that was so painful. I just remember immediately thinking like, wow, I used to do this without pain. Definitely took that for granted. I swear there were like a few days there where that was a difficult thing to do in my life. I also remember a few nights after I dislocated my shoulder earlier this year, I would wake up like in the middle of the night because my shoulder would just randomly wake me up with some kind of pain then it would be tough to go back to sleep resistance training helped me here and in this case um working out just meant the whole rehab process that i had to go through it's not always about just pushing as much weight in the gym even lower intensity training is better than nothing so training could reduce risk of future injuries 
And one part of that is the strength you gain, which will protect your joints from injury. Again, if you're doing things properly, your training should be allowing you to move better throughout the day. Incorporating a bunch of different movements, working your body equally, not just only doing leg days or only doing chest and back days or arm days. Your training needs to be pretty even throughout your body so that you don't have any kind of imbalances and maybe weaker parts of your body that could offset some of those benefits that I just talked about. So try to incorporate some of those unilateral movements that's actually going to be great for daily life because that could improve things like balance. Again, that becomes much more important as you age. Your workouts throughout the week should also include some kind of stretching or mobility routine so that you're able to move all of your joints through whatever range of motion they need to go. Improved flexibility and strength in any range of motion should be worked on so that you can do your daily lives and, oh, sorry, daily, so that you can do your daily activities. There you go. And sometimes those sudden quick movements, you should be able to do that without getting injured. Even preventing minor ones can be beneficial. Resistance training could also lead to better sleep, believe it or not. If you're a strong individual, you might also notice more energy throughout the day. And then that workout could also lead to a deeper sleep at night. So basically, you're feeling better during the day, you're sleeping better at night, you have more energy and more stamina throughout the day. There you go. And we can't really talk about the benefits of working out or resistance training without talking about the confidence that it could bring you. And this could apply to anyone. Without a doubt, resistance training will improve your well-being and your self-esteem or how you feel about yourself. If you're doing the right things consistently, you won't have to look at yourself in the mirror constantly and point out all of your little imperfections. Again, if you're doing the right kind of training, this leads to better weight management. Yes, lifting with weights does lead to weight loss, but even if that weight on the scale does not move, if you're putting on muscle, you're really going to notice that the way you look at 150 pounds right now without working out is going to look a whole lot different than if you're 150 pounds where you're on a good workout regimen. Muscle weighs more than fat, and that means 150 pounds with 20 pounds of muscle on your body as opposed to 150 pounds uh, with 5 pounds of muscle on your body, that's going to look a lot different. When you're working out and building muscle, it just makes you look slimmer because Fat takes up a lot of space in your body, and muscle is just much more compact. I know some female trainers at gyms who eat like crazy, and some of them are under like 5 feet tall, weighing over 130 pounds. How'd they do that? Well, with resistance training, they've sculpted, sorry, sculpted their body, and they've put on that weight where it matters, and that creates that physique, and I, I hate to say it, but that toned look that just means that they're lean so they're they lowered their body fat and it just shows their muscles a little bit more and they're also able to eat a lot because of that increased metabolism that comes with training which makes it a lot easier to maintain your weight so okay that's good i can cross off weight management topic here and last but not least, the final point I have here when it comes to resistance training being beneficial for your real life 
And that's because you should notice that you're just better at doing everyday tasks. Now, one that specifically pops up in my mind is one of my female clients telling me this. This is just pretty recent, actually. She noticed that it would be easier for her to bend down and clean the bathtub nowadays. And then the one I remember more is when she told me about cleaning her basement recently. She told me that before, when she was cleaning, she would have to call her son, since she's a single parent. She would have to call her son to move this futon thing in her basement so that she could vacuum underneath it. And she told me that just last week, she was able to actually lift that futon all by herself with minimal effort, even though she couldn't even lift it before at all. I just thought that was amazing. And it was also the same thing with her treadmill, which is also in the basement. And this treadmill she has, you can actually lift that part that you're like walking on. So you can get underneath there. I think, again, she was vacuuming underneath. And then she told me that she found it a struggle, like, before. But when she tried it the other day, she said she found it to be so light. Now it's super easy for her. And that's just from our last few years of resistance training. She's now gotten a little bit older because of time. But now that she's stronger, she's able to live a more independent life. And that increases her quality of life. So there you go. I don't even know how long that topic went on for, but it seems like I've been talking for a while now. So that just really does show you how important resistance training is when it comes to how it can help you in real life. It literally affects your whole life. It's not as simple as just saying when you work out and you'll lose weight. That's it. There's more to life than just that. And that's why everyone should be doing some form of it. Because it leads to a lot more benefits than just physical appearance. So what does working out do for your daily life? You lose body fat. You feel better. You move better. You feel less aches and pains throughout your body. You basically become superwoman while cleaning, lifting futons with one hand while vacuuming in the other. I mean, that's already convinced me right there to go to the gym. (laughs) What else is there? More energy throughout the day. Um, likely a better and deeper sleep at night, more stamina. I talked about self-esteem boosting capabilities there. And yeah, the other typical ones too, you get stronger, building stronger muscles and bones. You know, your bones actually do get thicker and stronger from working out. Bone is actually a lot more adaptive than we thought before, but that's a different topic for another day. Resistance training could also improve your balance and just makes life easier every single day. It really does. And that concludes episode 63 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.